Today in Science from Wired. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. These adorable fish robots form schools like the real thing. Meet Bluebot, a friendly swimming robot with big camera eyes. Put a few in a tank together and they'll collaborate to complete surprisingly complex tasks. By Matt Simon. Seven little bluebots gently swim around a darkened tank in a Harvard University lab, and they're spying on each other with these great big eyes made of cameras. They're on the lookout for the two glowing blue LEDs stuck to the backs and bellies of their fishy robot friends, so these machines can lock onto one another and form schools. Okay, that's some pretty complex emergent behavior coming from surprisingly simple algorithms. And it's taken very little prodding from their human engineers. The seven robots eventually arrange themselves in this swirling tornado, which is a common defensive maneuver real-life fish do. It's called milling. Huh. Bluebot is the latest entry in a field known as swarm robotics, and that's where engineers are trying to get machines to, well, swarm. And not in a terrifying way either. They're trying to get schools of bluebots to swarm more and more like real fish. Because the roboticists want to gain some insights into how to improve everything from self-driving cars to the robots that may one day prepare Mars for human habitation. Man, I hope that happens in my lifetime. Here's how Bluebot works. Those eyeball cameras give the robot nearly 360-degree vision, and they're constantly searching for those blue LEDs stuck to their neighbors, which on each robot are situated 86 millimeters apart. And when they're in this simple formation, each Bluebot can figure out its distance from another robot. Like if a neighbor's close, those two LEDs will appear to be far apart. If their neighbor's far away, the LEDs will appear to be closer. And it helps that the robot doesn't roll or pitch, so the LEDs are always stacked vertically. Now, in a new paper in Science Robotics that describes this work, Florian Berlinger, who's the lead author of the paper, says, Just by observing how far or close they are in a picture, they know how far or close the robot must be in the real world. That's the trick we play here. Now, once the robots know of the positions of their peers, Florian and his colleagues can then feed this positional information into simple algorithms to guide the behavior of the seven blue bots that are dropped into a tank. Like, for instance, to replicate the milling behavior, the researchers tell the blue bots to just look at what's going on in front of them. Florian says the rule was if there is at least one robot in front of you, you turn slightly to the right. If there is no robot in front of you, you turn slightly to the left. And one by one the blue bots fall into line. And if you want to check this out, there are a couple of GIFs on Wired's website for this article that shows this. They kind of remind me of looking at single-celled organisms through a microscope in science class. 
And in one of the GIFs, you can see the robots trying another task. They're on a search mission. Now the behavior is a little more complex, and it's guided by a few separate directives in the algorithm. The first step is known as dispersion. The algorithm tells the robots to keep away from one another. So this spreads them out as they search for their target, which this time is a red LED at the bottom of the tank. Berlinger says if they all spread out and maximize their distances, they get better coverage, and the chance that they find the source increases. So they're searching around, and when one blue bot stumbles onto the red LED, it starts flashing its own blue LED, and that signals its comrades that it's found the target. When another robot sees the flashing blue, its algorithm switches from the dispersal directive to an aggregation directive, which brings all the robots together around the target. Once they see the source themselves, they also start blinking their LEDs to reinforce the signal, says Berlinger. Parallel actions can speed up that search mission tremendously. If a single robot had to search for the source, it would take approximately 10 times as long as the seven robots. And this is the power of the crowd. A team of bluebots in constant communication, and an exceedingly simple form of communication at that, can work together to accomplish a mission. Robert Catchman says, I find it an extremely challenging problem to do these experiments, so I'm very impressed by them having set this up because it looks much easier than it actually is. Now, Robert is a roboticist of the research university ETH Zurich, and he's made his own robotic fish, but he wasn't involved in this new research. Now, Catchman adds, the question is, do actual fish really do it this way? Vision is certainly an important tool for schooling fish, but like other animals, their sensing is multimodal. That means their vision works in concert with their other senses, and in this case, a fish organ known as the lateral line. A lateral line is a line of sensory cells that runs from head to tail along a fish's sides, and it detects subtle changes in water pressure, which could work with its vision to help keep it synchronized with its companions as the school moves around. Clearly, though, these researchers have accomplished some pretty impressive complex swarm behavior with vision alone. And as cameras get cheaper and more sophisticated, it'll let the researchers give their bluebots an increasingly rich picture of their environment. Another roboticist named Radhika Nagpal says, I would really like to get rid of the blue LEDs and move toward literally just having patterns on the fish and being able to do more. Radhika works at Harvard and is a co-author on the paper. Maybe one day the blue bot can hit the high seas where it will have to visually detect obstacles like coral so it doesn't crash. It might even search for invasive species like the lionfish. Ugh. But they'll have to learn to see its distinctive frilly morphology because the lionfish hasn't evolved LEDs to guide the bluebots yet. Still, that doesn't rule out the researchers giving the bluebot a multimodal way of sensing the world, like maybe a robotic version of the lateral line? Radhika Nagpal says, I think we won't be able to get away with one sensor in any complex environment, just as we have not been able to do it with self-driving cars in an environment where we're perfectly comfortable, I think underwater we're even less comfortable. And for the record, self-driving cars use both machine vision and LIDAR, which maps an environment with lasers. Nagpal goes on to say, So I don't believe that vision alone will be enough. I just think it is a very powerful one that we can start with. Speaking of self-driving cars, the point of this research isn't just to use robotic swarms to monitor marine environments, but more generally to get robots to cooperate better. Think about it. Teaching robocars to coordinate like an elegant school of fish would cut down on collisions, right? 
theoretically. And the work may also help warehouse robots, like the ones that already staff Amazon's facilities to collaborate with one another and their human co-workers, namely to not run people over. Florian Berlinger says this is more fantasy than reality for now. But think about going to Mars, if Elon Musk and all the other rich guys really want to pull that off. Before humans can inhabit Mars, they'll need shelters, right? And Berlinger says, so you would have to send robot teams beforehand. And on Mars, there's no way to control the robots because there's too much latency for a signal to go from here to Mars. So they really need a high degree of autonomy. Without humans around to fix their mistakes, they'll have to cooperate perfectly to pull off complex construction tasks, all while navigating the rough Martian terrain. First, though, the robots will need some schooling. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.